Welcome to Truth and Grace with John and Mark. In this podcast, we tackle difficult issues related to living, loving, and leading in a broken world. We hope you are encouraged by today's episode. Welcome back to Truth and Grace with John and Mark. We're always glad that you take time out of your week to listen to this content. We always want to remind you that it's the whole thing set up in such a way that you're the third person at this table. So we hope you'll enter into our conversation today with my good buddy, John Bailey. How you doing, man? Fantastic. Having a great day and um, seems like things are going well. How, how are you doing today? We're doing good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Two recent college graduations <laughs> in the Renfro family. And so that's good. Um, certainly proud for both kids who graduated from college. Uh, they both have, they know what's next in their life. And probably from a personal perspective, the best part is I never have to do another FAFSA. (laughs) (laughs) Don't have to pay for their college anymore. For parents who are like, you know, have kids in the college age, they know what FAFSA is. And every, I would just hate that time of the year when that thing was coming out. And I've been doing it for 11 years. Well, I've had a few of my own go through and uh, graduate. Hey, I want to say to you as well, because it was on social media and you know, we kind of saw some of the um, you know, your kids graduating, yeah. and it seems like both of them have really excelled in their studies. Yeah, uh, one I think is going on to do a master's degree, PhD. Yeah, yeah. PhD. Yeah. So, uh, you know, well done. You yeah. and Amy have done yeah. a great job raising kids. So. Well, they're they, yeah. they're definitely smart. They got their they're they're smarter than both of us. So, <laughs> yeah, it's pretty amazing. We're we're honored to be their parents. Today, we want to talk about a value. Mm-hmm. That one is clearly a value here at this organization. It was a value of our founder. It's a value of our current president. It's a personal value of mine. Sure. And I know it is of yours because I know how you live your life. We want to talk about the value of generosity. Yeah. So when you, t- when you think of generosity, what comes to your mind? You know, it's, you know, the passage that we all, you know, we are, by the way, not prosperity preachers, but no. um, it, it seems like every, every, you know, um, prosperity preacher uses the give and it will be given to you. Press down, shaking together, running over. Yep. You know, child <laughs> men give, you know, uh, back to you, which is a great passage. It's really not about money. I think it has to do more with mercy and kindness. But when I think of generosity, you know, I, you know, I, I really, um, in coming to know Christ and walking out the Christian life, I think that when I see the generosity that God has had towards me, and then rather than just going, it's, it's just a value that I need to emulate, it it really goes beyond that. I think that Jesus is generosity, and as a follower of Christ, we should exhibit generosity. And yes, sometimes it's money, but it's so much more than that. It's It's living in this position to where you're blessing other people and you're doing it in extraordinary fashion, without reservation. Well, Paul describes Jesus in this way, and, and then our relationship, he goes, <clears throat> he who was rich became poor so that we yeah. might become rich. Wow. You know, and so for me, when I think of generosity, mm-hmm. everything about Christ, mm-hmm. about the Father, everything is generous. Yeah. I mean, yes, it, I mean, he, he meets our needs so abundantly, but he's he's generous with grace. 
He's generous with mercy. He's generous with patience. Like every area of the Father's life, there's nothing miserly. Yeah. About our heavenly father. What is it? John chapter one, where, you know, where John, the apostle, he's writing and he, he says something to the effect of, you know, the law, you know, the law came through Moses, mm -hmm. but grace and mm -hmm. truth through Jesus Christ. Yeah. And then it says, and he has given to us blessing after blessing, blessing after blessing. And you can't even limit it to one area of your life. Yeah. Generosity certainly has to do with, with money. So if you're afraid that we're going to ask you for money today. That's not what the point of this podcast is, but is really talking about how you can live a life that's generous with the people that you live and the people that you don't know. Yeah. People that's outside of your life is just being a generous person. Absolutely. I think one of the biggest misnomers about generosity is that you have to be wealthy to be generous. Because yeah. the truth is, the most generous people I know aren't actually wealthy. Yeah. Well, and if you are wealthy and you do it the right way, if you find people who are really happy and they're wealthy, most of the time it's because they are generous and they have learned the value of don't li make life about how much money you have, but how much you can bless other people. When you get around people like that and they they live that way, you really find one thing I would encourage if people are watching today and you go, I don't have a lot of money. You're saying for me to be generous. But I will tell you, when you start to instill this as a part of your life, it's literally like opening the windows of heaven and saying, God, not just to bless me financially, but in every area of my life, help me to grow and be blessed and to walk in the blessings and to be a blessing to others. It really multiplies uh, the resources of the kingdom. Yeah, I agree with what you're saying. You know, earlier you said we're not prosperity preachers, and I'm certainly not. But neither am I a poverty preacher. <laughs> you know, I mean, yeah. sometimes we can be so we can be pendulumatic. So we're so worried about that. We're trying not to be this, that we become something else where I actually do believe that God wants to see his people prosper. Not yeah. so we can have more and more, yeah. but so that we can do more with what we have. Yeah, no, I agree with you. As a matter of fact, when you go to, you know, just theologically, of course, God blesses God. You know, any wealth that you have comes from the hand of God. So he's the originator of all of it. I think that the problem that you and I have, and I we agree on this, the, the problem that we have is when you reduce uh, prosperity to financial yes. means, and then you try to go like, like if you have money, then God has blessed you. And if you don't have as much money, well, God hasn't blessed you as much. I think it's a false understanding or that if you give, like when it says given, it will be given unto you. It's a great passage. But when people take that and they interpret it as like, well, I'll give, but I'm I'm going to give with the expect, expectation that now I'm going to be yes, blessed by more. It's not transactional. Boy, yeah. and it then it turns into something that I don't think that the passage is really trying to bring up. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, when I when I think about this whole issue— you know, so clearly Jesus, you know, for one, Jesus talks to his disciples and he says, the son of man doesn't even have a place to lay his head. Yep. And yet he lives a generous lifestyle. <laughs> you know, he was generous with his time. Yep. You know, here's a guy, I mean, he's the son of God, but, you know, he's, he's feeding 5,000 people. You know, yep. clearly he could produce all the wealth 
he wanted. He understood that there was a generosity that exceeded the material. As a matter of fact, going back to what you were saying earlier, when Jesus was talking to the disciples, he says how hard it is for the rich to get into heaven. It's easier for a camel to go through the eye of the needle than it is for a rich person to get into heaven. And then it says, and the disciples were perplexed. Because they thought if the rich can't get into heaven, nobody who, has a chance. Nobody has. <laughs> who can? Because they had adopted this wrong theology yeah. that said material blessing was a sign of spiritual prosperity. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I heard a, a preacher years ago, and this he said this one time, but it really resonated with me, and I've learned, I've just held onto it for all these years. He said, for every person God can trust with poverty mm-hmm. or with every person God can trust with riches, there's a, there's a hundred people that God can trust with poverty. Yep. Not many people can actually be trusted yeah. with riches. And, and I, we just want to make it clear today that when we're talking about generosity, yes, that includes money. Yeah, but it it's not limited there. It doesn't stop there. So much more. We're, and where Paul says, "Hey, I've learned to be content in all things, yep. whether it's from a position of poverty financially or wealth." But he lived that life. One thing, I, you know, one I love this passage in the Bible where it says that Jesus, knowing who he was, mm-hmm. took the towel and he yep. served them because he knew he was the king of kings, because he had this wealth understanding, I am a son of the king. It allowed him to serve others, to give others, to be generous with his time and energy and who he was. And I think that one of the great keys for us as believers is to understand that we are children of the God most high. I am a child of the king. I have the riches of the kingdom, and now I live my life in this position of how can I bless and how can I give and how can I help rather than living my life for everything that I can gain. Yeah, absolutely. So I have a question for you. So we've talked about generosity of money. You've mentioned, what are some other areas, ways we can be generous? Well, you know, we said before time, um, energy, uh, certainly as a matter of fact, I think the the biggest thing is probably time. If if you go and ask your wife, whoever you are, <laughs> ask your spouse. And most of the time, I think, you know, um, time, just spending good quality time has such a powerful um, resource. Being, you know, when people have problems and they're going through issues and you're walking them through that, I don't know about you, but sometimes that can be challenging. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there have been times that's crossed my mind like, I could be doing, I could be fishing right now. <laughs> I could be doing a lot of things, but finding a joy that when people are walking through difficult moments, that God has put me in this place to help them walk through these things. There's actually a benefit when you start to live that way. It just, it really should infiltrate every part of the life that you live is God help me to live a life of generosity. That doesn't mean that we don't take time for ourselves. Sure. Doesn't mean that there's not times to rest and and so forth. But I think that when you find yourself giving and being generous towards others, um, I don't think you should do it to get that back. But I think that you know that when I give to others, the blessings that return are far greater than anything that I give out. I just read a book where and they were talking about how various people were were generous, mm-hmm. and he said. He had been around, this particular person had been very prosperous materially. And he said, I learned that lots of people who made lots of money 
were very generous. Yes. Interestingly, he was talking about in the secular world. He said, interestingly, they were only generous with other people like themselves. <laughs> he said, very few people were generous with people through which they had nothing to gain. Yeah, which the idea of that is, Mark, you take me out to lunch, and the next week I'll buy your lunch. Yeah. Well, is that really generosity, or is not. that just that you buy this time and I'll buy that time? Now it's, it's taking somebody out and taking them to lunch, and maybe they don't have the ability to buy your lunch. Um, I think that they're, they're, yeah, no, that's a great way to put it, Mark, very, very well. So we've talked about, like, personal generosity, you know, like I mentioned earlier, generosity is a family value for us. You know, my kids are repeating, we, we, and we were missionaries. So it wasn't like we had a ton of money, <laughs> but our kids were always, even today, they were like, you have always been so generous yeah. with us. And it wasn't that we gave them a ton. It was that they kind of had an idea of what we had and they knew we wanted to be as generous with them as we possibly could. And for me, that wasn't just because of some, you know, I want to bless my children. I think most people want to do that. Yeah. It was really an overflow. It really, really was an overflow of my faith. Yeah. You know, I just, I, I know I've kind of already alluded to this, but I just can't get past how generous God has been with me. Yeah. You know, and, and it's an undeserved generosity. Yeah. You know, it's, you're talking about the guy who, goes out with another wealthy person. This was like the guy going out and picking up the bomb off the street, yeah. you know, and saying, look, I, not only am I going to be generous with you, I'm actually going to go a step further. I'm going to bring you into my house. Yeah. Oh, and I'm actually going to make you go a step further because I'm not just going to give you shelter and food and let you be a servant in my house. I'm actually going to make you a child. Yeah, I'm going to adopt you into my family. Man, what an expression of divine generosity. Yeah, and it really is what you're talking about is so important. Uh, whenever you, I, I think that whenever you get into subjects that you're talking about, um, you know, qualities that we possess, sometimes we look and we go, you know, well, uh, God did this for me, so now I should help others and do this or that. The problem with that, everything is task-oriented. And I think that true generosity moves from the place of like, well, somebody gave me a sandwich, so now I should return and give them a sandwich. That's all that it's it's all very much what you do. And I think that the gospel, true Christianity, should be not just that I do the things that Jesus did, but make me the man that Jesus was, or the, you know, give me the heart that Jesus. Give had. me yeah. that heart. So then it changed. Then I'm not going. Okay, well, you know what? I really need to help somebody this week. That's something that you're having to think about to go do. Generosity should be something that you just live that way. And you know this from you know anybody that's lived any life. When you find people where they're very really generous. But then there's as narcissistic as they can be. And you go, it's really what they're giving and doing is really all about them. And I think you have to, there's a caution that's there. It's not just what you give or what you do. It really becomes who you are. Yeah, absolutely. You know, it's like, are we going to be generous if nobody knows? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, don't let you the know, left hand know what the right exactly. hand is doing. And Jesus wasn't saying that like nobody can know what you give. I think some people take that too far. Sure. But what he was saying in that is like, hey, don't let the reason that you give so people can find out or people can know. Let it just be out of the pure heart 
of that's who you are, and now you're doing things because of who you are, not to be seen or not to get a thank you, but but you just live a life of generosity. Sure. Well, you know, we to go back, we, we always try to tie this to scripture because yeah. we're kingdom people and we're Bible people. But, you know, I, I think about this, the story, not a parable, the true story of Jesus in the temple with his disciples. They're hanging out there. They're watching. And, of course, it was the pattern of the day that when somebody approached the place where offerings were given, trumpets were blown. And, of course, the wealthy loved that because— the, they would they would be generous in their giving so everybody would see and know exactly what they did and then jesus points out to his disciples this poor woman who walks up and puts two of the smallest denomination of coins and he said she gave the most because yep. she gave out of her lack everybody else gave out of their abundance so it shows yep. you that generosity has nothing to do with how much you have now, so I, I do have a question for you, though. Okay. So you, we've both passed, you know, been involved in ministry for many years. You pastored a church. You know, I've gone out and been with people where we've had to raise money. Yeah. We've seen people who have been blessed. Yeah. Who God does seem to use. I mean, in Romans, we read Romans 12, we read about the gift of giving. Yeah. Well, to have the gift of giving, you have to have something to give. Sure. So it seems like there is a link between generosity and stewardship. This is a great subject that you're bringing up. Um, you know, just to not to rehash the story every time, but I started a church with seven people, grew to be a pretty large church. You've been to it. And, you know, th- this is an observation I have in church ministry that when you teach people to be generous, it kind of flows out of who they are. Mm. You know, um, when we, by the time I finished and came here, uh, man, that the church was just set financially for years and years to come. God blessed the church. So we never did a capital campaign. We never said, hey, we're going to have this real, you know, uh, campaign for everybody to give. I'm not against campaigns, yeah. and I don't think it's wrong to do that. We just never had to. God just blessed us incredibly. But here, here's the thing. If you teach people to be generous and you teach people to hear from the Lord and to give, you know, what how the Lord leads them and they do it with that spirit, you never have to manipulate people. Yep. You never have to get up and go, if you give God a hundred dollars, he'll bless you with a thousand. You never have to get up and people to people and go, hey, do you really care about the kingdom? You need to to give today. Do your very best. We need everybody to do something. You you have to use all these ploys and techniques because you're trying to maneuver people to give. Right. Whereas when you teach generosity. And then you go, you know what, folks, we've got a need. just want to tell you what it is. If you want to partner with us, praise God. If not, God bless you. But when you teach it and you emulate uh, generosity, it just flows like a river. Mm-hmm. And, you know, may, maybe to somebody that's in leadership needs to hear that. Yeah. Like teach that, emulate it, live like that. And when people in the congregation start to get that, all those tricks that people would do to try to raise money and position people, stop that and teach people what true generosity, get them to fall in love with Jesus. And you know what? The generosity just flows. Yeah. One of my favorite stories in scripture that's about generosity is in the book of Exodus. Mm. 
and it's where Moses, they're going to build the tabernacle. And he invites the people to give. And it says at one point, it says the people had to be restrained (laughs) from giving because they had given more than was needed. Why? Because they realized they'd been set free from slavery. Yeah. They understood what God had done for them. And then generosity was just the natural response to that. They had, okay, you know, Moses said, here's a need, but there was no manipulation. Nope. There were, there were, he didn't even have to remind them that God had set them free from slavery. Everyday life reminded yep. them of that God had set them free from slavery, and they just wanted to be generous. Yeah, never had to have people fill out a commitment card, I commit to give, just teach people to be generous. And listen, I would say as well, you know, be clear with what the needs are, mm-hmm. ask people sure. to partner as the Lord leads them, teach faith. Yep. I, I do believe in giving. I think it's an important thing to do in that. But just the giving, instead of making it something that you do, uh, I think that, that the true success in ministry is helping people to become generous. And when that becomes a part of their life and they're not just trying to do what Jesus did, but they are who Jesus is, yep. it really it really changes the dynamic. And not just with money. But serving, I want to give a big shout out to the Springs Church in Jacksonville. Mm. Amazing people there that just love the Lord, but not just with the money, but with their time Mm. and with doing outreaches and doing ministry. It just became generosity and servanthood just became a part of the church family. And when that happens, it's fun to pastor people like you bet it is. Um, I, you know, I spent 25 years of our lives, my life with Amy and our kids in the Middle East. And the one thing that the Middle East is well known for is hospitality. Yeah. You know, I, I, I oftentimes say Americans go to the Middle East expecting hostility and they're surprised by hospitality. Yeah. Um, one of my closest friends in Egypt, and we lived there, great godly man. He was pastor of a small church, had a really tiny apartment, mm. um, had a table that they ate off of. Didn't have, you know, he had a husband, wife, two little girls. They didn't have two chairs that matched. Oh. You know, I mean, half the time, they did not have four chairs. I mean, they did not have. Yeah. And when they found out my parents were coming to visit, they were going to come to Egypt to visit, they said, you have to bring your parents to my house for dinner, for lunch. And so they knew my my father was a pastor. But the real thing they were doing is I, I was their friend. They were honoring me by honoring my parents. Yeah. So we go to their house for lunch, and I'm not exaggerating. Their kitchen was probably maybe five feet by five feet. Wow. You know, really tiny little place. They brought out food and food and food. You know, we were standing around the table. Somebody was sitting on the arm of a couch. Some person was sitting on one chair. I mean, we got finished eating. You couldn't tell that anybody had eaten anything. Mm. That There was so much food that you couldn't see that there was food gone. Wow. And there's actually even a Middle Eastern proverb that says, we know how much you love us 
by the amount of food left on the table after everybody has eaten. Now, can that go the wrong way? Yes, sure. But in this case, this was just an example. I can't get past the fact that generosity is linked to love. Yeah. You know, and so, you know, I've said this so many times that, you know, people who know me probably are sick of hearing it, but I feel like I learned more as a missionary Mm -hmm. than I ever taught. (laughs) You know, I, I learned hospitality by watching poor people be hospitable. And so, you know, just a great blessing. And, you know, I don't know, maybe that's for somebody today who looks and thinks, well, I don't have. Yeah. And, and, but you do have something. (laughs) You do have something. I, I mean, how many, both of us have been at places and, you know, you're highlighting this deep third world places that we visited or gone to. And people are literally to buy a little bit of chicken or beef or something so that they can give you their very best. Yep. They literally will will take from their sustenance to make sure that they bless. And, and, and what's our response when that happens? I go, dear Lord, what can I give to you, you know, in response to this? Because that's the way generosity multiplies. Sure. Is that when it's given, then it's received, then it multiplies and when the kingdom starts to work like that, because we live in a culture that everybody's out for themselves. What can I get? How much can I have? Uh, how much can I possess? But if when when the kingdom of God is working, it's when I go, Mark, how much can I bless you? Yeah. How much can I bless your family? How much can I bless people around me? And you start, and then when you start going, you know what, John, I want to bless you that way. When the whole body of Christ begins to live like that, yeah. man, then when this lost world walks into church, they don't see infighting and bitterness. Yeah. They see people where generosity is the lay of the land and they see how it works. Now, that's the kingdom of God. You want to see people come to Jesus the real way? It will happen in that environment because they see something that this world, they'll never see in corporate America, but they'll see it in the church. That's the way we should live. Yeah, I have a past friend who pastors a, all churches are significant, but mm. this is a large, pretty large church. Yeah. Um, in the Minneapolis area. And they had a situation where they had a, they knew about a particular missions need. And it was one of those that it was a, it was in a very secure context, safety, you know, security, very much an issue. Uh, In this case, it was something going on in the Muslim world. And they had been asked, you know, if they could help with this. And the pastor on a Sunday morning gets up and says, look, we feel very strongly that we're supposed to help in a serious way mm-hmm. with this need. Now, this need is large. I can't remember the exact amount, but it was over $200,000. Wow. They said, today, because we feel so strongly about this, we're not, everything given today goes to this need. Nothing goes to our bottom line. Nothing goes to Anything, no need from this church will be met from what you give today. Everything will will go to this need. So that was Sunday afternoon. Monday morning, he gets the report, you know, and finds out that like (laughs) the largest day of giving ever (laughs) by by far. But but here was the point: one person had written a very large check. Yeah. Now, he was a little nervous because, one, he did not recognize the name on the check. 
So he didn't recognize this person. So wait till that check clears before you send it up. He was a little nervous and, you know, and he was like, I hope this was legitimate, you know. So he actually called the guy. Yeah. And the guy said, actually, I was visiting your church yesterday. Wow. And he said, if you had just taken up a regular offering, I probably wouldn't have given anything because I was just visiting. Yeah. He said, but when I saw that you were willing to put your needs secondary to the needs of someone else. You were willing to do without so that you could be generous with yeah. someone else. It just provoked me to want to give. Wow. Yeah. He actually covered the entire need and everything else that came in was just above and beyond. Well, that's the way the kingdom should work. Absolutely. And that's power. And listen, not only was the church blessed, not only was the need met, but I guarantee you, if you go to the man that dropped the check in, there's not any, there's, there's, I don't know what was preached that day, but there was no greater impact because when you give, it will be given to you. Yeah. Pressed down, shaken together, and running over. You can't, when it comes to generosity, you cannot outgive the kingdom. No. God will always bring it back and multiply it. Ways And we have to learn that. When you learn that, there's such a freedom and a joy. Yeah. And you know you know what? God's going to look for my look after my every need. But when I give, I will see the riches, riches of the kingdom come back. Absolutely. That's powerful. Yeah. All right. So I have one final question. Okay. We, most of what we've talked about today, a little bit we've talked about churches, but most of what we've talked about has been personal yeah. generosity. You mentioned that... One of the things we do is we church pastors, churches can emulate so that, you know, we have something to follow. Yeah. As a pastor, what are things that church leaders can do to model generosity? So we want people in the church to be generous with the church. How do we as a church model generosity? Yeah, you know what when we when we start when we started out. Uh, obviously had a smaller number number of people that would come in, but myself and my wife would have dinners. Eventually, we we couldn't do it anymore. We, you know, we got to a place in the church where it grew, and we couldn't just do a newcomer's dinner for everybody. Mm. But we really, um, we really tried to show the love and the hospitality. And the one thing that we would say to people, because we would have people all the time, we were like, "Man, there's so much love in this place," mm. and you know, not just at a meal. But just people that would walk sure. through church would just feel the love of God. There's a genuineness. And the one thing I would say back is, hey, listen, what you've received today, can you just pass it along? So when leaders serve, when leaders give, when leaders take time, we, we it's hard because when the church gets to a certain size, it's hard to do that with everybody. But you can do it with somebody. Right. And I, I would every Sunday after church, I'd be the last guy out of the building. I would be at the door greeting people, saying hello. Sometimes it was just touch points. But I think that what it did is it developed this culture of people connecting and mm. growing and sharing their life. And so sometimes as pastors, we think, well, I can't I can't meet everybody this Sunday, so I'm just going to whisk off to my office and be the first person to the restaurant down the road. Where, whereas I, I really believe that what you're doing is you're setting culture. And as leaders in churches, uh, not just the pastor, but all the leadership people, when, when it's it's going from I want to be generous to the leaders are generous, 
to then the goal should be we want a generous church family. Sure. Because when that starts to happen, people will knock the doors down to get inside because it it just doesn't exist. So it is sometimes it's planting seeds that grow. And as it starts to grow, it, you'll just see generosity just starts to become the lay of the land. And I, and I would tell you, God met our financial needs, mm. but we didn't have like, you know, 20 millionaires that just were dropping checks right. in every week. It was just a lot of people who were average to slightly above average in their economic situation. But when everybody starts to give and everybody starts to be generous and it, it's like a fire that starts to catch on in the congregation. So I, I would just really encourage you, don't ever you know, take for granted those small things that you do in serving, taking time for people, investing, because it always comes back multiplied in such a beautiful way. And I'm I'm sure you've seen that. I, I know you've been more on the missions context, but as you see new believers grow and you're planning the gospel, what's the effect that they have when they go back out yeah. that they've learned from you how to treat people? Absolutely. So as you have brought some this flourishing ministry. It, then everywhere they go, people flourish in the things that God has I used to tell missionaries that I led all the time, you know, missionaries ought to be the most generous people because they live mm-hmm. off the generosity of others. Sure. You know, uh, I'll wrap up with a maybe a little story that of a guy both you and I know. I was sitting in a um, meeting one time and they were, it was a missions gathering. They were, mm-hmm. pa- it was trying to help pastors grow in missions engagement. Right. And everybody there wanted to. I mean, you wouldn't have been in that meeting if you weren't trying to grow <laughs> yeah. your church's missional engagement. Sure. There were three pastors up on a doing a panel, and one of them was a guy named Carl Stevens. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, pastored a great church, incredibly generous church, especially with missions. And, you know, one guy in the – one pastor in the crowd, they were doing Q&A. He got, gets up. And he asked a question and he says, look, he goes, I pastor a smaller church. I know how many requests I get. He goes, I can only imagine how many requests you guys get at the size church you're, you, you guys pastor. And he said, how do you know who to say yes to and who to say no to? And I'm not saying this is this, the, the right approach. It was really more about what it said about this pastor in his church but it was Carl's turn to answer the question because they were just kind of, you know, yeah. rotating questions. And and honestly, Carl kind of just like looked at the ground almost sheepishly and said, I say yes to everybody. And then he said something that just really resonated with me. He mm-hmm. said, how can I say no to anybody who has said yes to the will of God? Yeah. And now he went on to, to work out the practicals of that. He said, I can't say yes equally yes. to everybody, but I can do something yep. for everybody in that case. And in this case, we were talking about missions. But for me, it wasn't even about the fact that he helped people. It was about the generosity yep. attached to it. So yeah. faith in Orlando. Absolutely. Six, over 6,000 people now. in attendance yeah, now every week. Yeah. And, and it's a and Johnny Wilson yeah. is. Yeah. And it's network. a very blue collar yeah. church. It is not that church. Very that's multi-ethnic. Ethnic, exactly. Yeah. 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 What a great church. I've been there many times. I love that brother. And that no, that's a great story. And it, and you know what? It's, it wasn't just words that he spoke. 
it really is the way that Carl Stevens lives. Absolutely. Yeah. I think it's been a good conversation. I have enjoyed it. Can we pray for people? Absolutely. I I think that sometimes people struggle with generosity. Mm. I think that sometimes, you know, some of us have been raised in a way. It's like um, I certainly was. It's like, you know, stretch or starve. Mm. You know, like if you don't don't get it, nobody's going to bring it to you. Right. And so sometimes, you know, when you live in in that kind of a way, it's always like, hey, nobody's going to look out for me if I don't look out for myself. And I and I think it's the opposite of really what brings the blessings of God and and even from people. Absolutely. And so maybe would would you mind praying for people today that God would uh, really help to drop this into our heart? And mm. this is not just another conversation by with a couple of guys, but it's really really taking this spirit of generosity and letting it get from what we maybe know to be true. And let it be a part of the way that we live. It will fight our flesh. Yeah, it'll fight what we want. But ultimately, it is the greatest blessing awaits those people who can be generous. I couldn't agree more. Father, thank you so much for as we said earlier. You sent your son, who had all the riches of the universe and beyond. He who was rich became poor for our sake, so that we who were poor might become rich. Lord, you took us in our poverty, and you have made us rich. Even the person who has the least material uh, blessings, if they have you, they are rich. And then, of course, most of the people who are listening to this podcast live in the West. And by the rest of the world's standards, we are rich people. (laughs) And so, Lord, we ask that today you would help set our hearts free from greed and help us be set free to generosity. May you may we fully embrace the generous nature of our heavenly Father. May that be what we long for to live that way. May we never ask and be the ones who are always consumed with our wants and our needs, but may we look outward. Lord, may we see the needs of others and may we be quick to respond. Lord, today we just pray that through our own giving, Lord, that as John said, Lord, we crucify the flesh. Lord, I know that there are areas in my life that need to be brought under a greater crucifixion of the flesh. And I find that there is no greater way for me to fight greed in my own life than through generosity. Hmm. So, Lord, I just pray for my brothers and sisters in Christ. I pray for that pastor out there maybe who's listening who's thinking about, I have these needs, I can't afford to be generous. That person listening who's thinking, I have these needs, I can't afford to be generous. Lord, we may not be able to do everything we want to do, but we can do something. Amen. We can model generosity. We can live generosity. Lord, and I pray that somehow you'd open the hearts and the minds of people to understand that when we model generosity, we just open up the doors for divine generosity in our own lives. Father, we're so grateful that we get to do this. We get to be part of God's great, glorious kingdom. And so, Lord, we just ask that you would meet these needs and get this down deep in our hearts, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Thanks for joining us this week. We ask that you'd 
Come again next week when we're going to talk about a subject that we think will impact your spiritual life and development. In the meantime, be sure to share this content with friends, with colleagues, make comments, like when you see us on social media. The more you do that, the more we're able to get this content out to others. In the meantime, have a great week. Thanks so much for joining us. We know your time is valuable and we're so thankful you chose to spend it with us. If you enjoy listening to John and Mark, you could see both of them in person at the Fire in Our Bones conferences. Their heart is to see your passion for God and your calling rekindled. Check out worldchallenge.org or the show notes for more details. John and Mark will be back next week to offer their insight into how believers can live, love, and lead well in a broken world. We'll see you next time.